Could be worse, DABT 2022 ICH-S10 Photo Safety Evaluation of Pharmaceuticals. Note this is an abridged version of the guideline. It does not go into as much detail as the full guideline. Some parts and even some paragraphs have been left out. This version focuses on the parts of the guideline most likely to be on the DABT exam. As always, for the actual practice of toxicology, please read the fine manual. Section 1. Scope of the guideline. This guideline generally applies to new active pharmaceutical ingredients, APIs, new excipients, clinical formulations for dermal application, including dermal patches, and photodynamic therapy products. Specific guidance for pharmaceuticals given via ocular routes is not provided because the reliability of in vitro approaches in predicting ocular phototoxicity is unknown and there are no standardized in vivo approaches for assessing phototoxicity for products administered via the ocular routes. Photodynamic therapy drugs are developed with phytochemical reactivity as an inherent aspect of their intended pharmacology, and additional assessment of the phototoxicity is not usually warranted. However, an evaluation of the toxicokinetics and tissue distribution of photodynamic therapy drugs is warranted to enable appropriate risk management in patients. This guideline does not generally apply to peptides, proteins, antibody drug conjugates, or oligonucleotides. Further, this guideline does not apply to components of marketed products unless there is a new cause for concern for either the API or an excipient, for example, reformulation from a tablet to a topical cream. General principles. The photo safety assessment of a pharmaceutical is an integrated process that can involve an evaluation of photochemical characteristics, data from non-clinical studies, and human safety information. The photo safety assessment aims to determine whether risk minimization measures are warranted to prevent adverse events in humans. Four different effects have been discussed in connection with photo safety testing, phototoxicity, photoallergy, photogenotoxicity, and photocarcinogenicity. Testing for photogenotoxicity and photocarcinogenicity is not currently considered useful for human pharmaceuticals. This guideline addresses only phototoxicity and photoallergy effects as defined below. Phototoxicity, photoirritation, an acute light-induced tissue response to photoreactive chemical. Photoallergy, an immunologically mediated reaction to a chemical initiated by the formation of photoproducts, for example, protein addicts, following a photochemical reaction. Photosensitization is a general term occasionally used to describe all light-induced tissue reactions. However, in order to clearly distinguish between photoallergy and phototoxicity, the term photosensitization is not used in this guideline. For a chemical to demonstrate phototoxicity and a photoallergy, the following characteristics are critical absorbs light within the range of natural sunlight, 290 to 700 nanometers, generates a reactive species following absorption of UV visible light, distributes sufficiently to light-exposed tissues, for example, skin, eye. If one or more of these conditions is not met, the compound will usually not present a concern for direct phototoxicity. However, increased sensitivity to light of skin can also occur through indirect mechanisms. Such mechanisms are not generally addressed by the testing outlined in this guideline. Section 2. Factors to consider in the photosafety evaluation. Photochemical properties. The initial consideration for assessment of photoreactive potential is whether a compound absorbs photons at any wavelength between 290 and 700 nanometers. A compound that does not have a molar extinction coefficient greater than 1000 at any wavelength between 290 and 700 nanometers is not considered to be sufficiently photoreactive to result in direct phototoxicity. Excitation of molecules by light can lead to the generation of reactive oxygen species, including superoxide anion and singlet oxygen via energy transfer mechanisms. Although photoreactivity can result in other molecular outcomes, for example, formation of photoaddicts or cytotoxic protoproducts, even in these cases, it appears that reactive oxygen species are typically generated as well. 
Thus, reactive oxygen species generation following irradiation with UV visible light can be an indicator of phototoxicity potential. Photostability testing can also suggest the potential for photoreactivity. However, not all photoreactive compounds are detected under these conditions, and photodegradation per se does not imply that a drug will be phototoxic. Therefore, photostability testing alone should not be used to determine whether further photosafety evaluation is warranted. Assessments of photochemical properties should be conducted using high-quality scientific standards with data collection records readily available or in compliance with good laboratory practices, good manufacturing practices, regulations. Tissue Distribution Pharmacokinetics the concentration of a photoreactive chemical in tissue at the time of light exposure is a very important pharmacokinetic parameter in determining whether a phototoxic reaction will occur. This concentration depends on a variety of factors, such as plasma concentration, perfusion of the tissue, partitioning from vascular to interstitial and cellular components, and binding, retention, and accumulation of the chemical in the tissue. The duration of exposure depends upon clearance rates as reflected by half-lives in plasma and tissue. Collectively, these parameters define the mean residence time of the photoreactive chemical in tissue. Binding retention or accumulation of a compound in a tissue is not critical for a phototoxic reaction. If a molecule is sufficiently photoreactive, it might produce a phototoxic reaction at the concentration achieved in plasma or interstitial fluid. However, compounds having longer half-lives in plasma, longer mean residence time in sun-exposed tissues, or with higher tissue-to-plasma concentration ratios, are more likely to produce a phototoxic reaction than compounds with shorter half-lives, residence times, or lower tissue-to-plasma ratios. Further, the longer the concentration of a compound is maintained at a level above that critical for a photochemical reaction, the longer a person is at risk for phototoxicity. Although a tissue concentration threshold below which the risk for phototoxic reactions would be negligible is scientifically plausible, there are currently no data to delineate such general generic thresholds for all compounds. Nevertheless, on a case-by-case -case basis, it can be possible to justify that further photosafety assessment is not warranted based upon actual or anticipated tissue drug levels in humans, and taking into consideration the factors discussed above. Examples could include, one, a drug for which overall systemic exposure levels are very low, or two, a drug with a very short plasma half-life or tissue residence. Compound binding to tissue components, for example, melanin keratin, is one mechanism by which tissue retention and or accumulation can occur. Although melanin binding can increase tissue levels, experience with melanin binding drugs suggests such binding alone does not present a photosafety concern. A single-dose tissue distribution study with animals assessed at multiple time points after dosing will generally provide an adequate assessment of relative tissue-to-plasma concentration ratios, tissue residence time, and the potential for retention and accumulation. Assessment time points should be appropriately spaced in such a study to account for the drug half-life. Compounds activated by visible light and exhibiting long elimination half-lives in internal tissues have been demonstrated to cause injury to those tissues if exposed to intense light during medical phototoxicity medical procedures. Consequently, for those compounds activated by visible light with potent in vivo phototoxicity or known to be phototoxic based on their mechanism of action, such as photodynamic therapy drugs, distribution to internal tissues should be measured and tissue-specific half-lives estimated. Drugs that only absorb UV light or have short tissue elimination half-lives are not likely to present a risk to internal tissues, even if they are known to be photoreactive. Metabolite considerations. Metabolites generally do not warrant separate photosafety assessments, as metabolism does not typically result in chromophores that are substantially different from those in the parent molecule. Pharmacological properties. 
In many cases, drug-induced phototoxicity is due to the chemical structure and not to the pharmacology. However, certain pharmacologic properties, for example, immunosuppression, perturbation of heme homeostasis, can enhance susceptibility to light-induced effects, such as skin irritation or UV-induced skin tumor formation. The testing strategies outlined in this document are not designed to detect these types of indirect mechanisms. Some of these indirect mechanisms can be identified and evaluated in other non-clinical pharmacology toxicity testing. However, phototoxicity related to other indirect mechanisms might only become apparent with human experience. Section 3, Non-Clinical Photosafety Test. General considerations, carefully selected conditions that consider both the model system and exposure to a relevant radiation spectrum are critical for non-clinical photosafety testing. Ideally, a non-clinical assay should exhibit both high sensitivity and specificity, that is, low false negative and low false positive rates. However, to support the assessment strategies described in this document, it is most important that non-clinical photosafety assays show high sensitivity resulting in a low frequency of false negatives, that is, a high negative predictive value. This is because negative assay results usually do not warrant further photosafety evaluation. The available non-clinical assays, both in vitro and in vivo, are focused primarily on detecting potential phototoxicity, which might or might not translate into clinically relevant phototoxicity. Selection of irradiation conditions is critical for both in vitro and in vivo assays. Natural sunlight represents the broadest range of light exposure that humans might be exposed to regularly. However, sunlight per se is not well defined and depends on many factors, such as latitude, altitude, season, time of day, and weather. In addition, sensitivity of human skin to natural sunlight depends on a number of individual factors, such as skin type, anatomical site, and tanning status. Standardized sunlight exposure conditions have been defined by various organizations. Such standards should be considered in order to assess suitability of a sunlight simulated light source, and irradiance and irradiation dose should be normalized based on the UVA part of the applied spectrum. UVA doses ranging from 5 to 20 joules per centimeter square are successfully used in current in vitro and in vivo phototoxicity assays. These UVA doses are comparable to those obtained during prolonged outdoor activities on summer days around noontime in temperate zones and at sea level. In humans, sunburn reactions caused by UVB normally limit total sunlight exposure. In non-clinical phototoxicity assays, however, the amount of UVB should not be tested limit the overall irradiation, and might be attenuated, partially filtered, such that the relevant UVA doses, so that the relevant UVA doses can be tested without reducing assay sensitivity. Penetration of UVB light into human skin is mainly limited to the epidermis, while UVA can reach capillary blood. Therefore, clinical relevance of photochemical activation by UVB is considered less important than activation by UVA for systemic drugs. However, UVB irradiation is relevant for topical formulations applied to light-exposed tissues. The selection and monitoring of appropriate light sources, spectral distribution, irradiance, and dose, and the procedures used should be clearly described in the study methodology. Photoreactivity tests using chemical assays. If a drug developer chooses to assess photoreactivity, the assay should be qualified using pharmaceutical agents under appropriate conditions to demonstrate assay sensitivity. One such assay is a reactive oxygen species assay. Data suggest that this assay has high sensitivity for predicting direct in vivo phototoxicants. However, it has low specificity, generating a high percentage of false positive results. A negative result in this assay, conducted under the appropriate conditions, would indicate a very low probability of phototoxicity, provided a test concentration of 200 micromolar can be achieved, whereas a positive result in any concentration would only be a flag for follow-up assessment. Phototoxicity tests using in vitro assays. 
A number of in vitro assays have been developed for assessing the phototoxicity potential of chemicals. Some of these assays have not been qualified for use with pharmaceuticals. Some assays involve testing compounds that are dissolved in the culture medium, and such methods are often appropriate for the active ingredient or excipients in drug products, depending on their solubility. Other assays involve direct application to the surface of a tissue preparation and can be appropriate for testing entire formulations intended to be administered topically. The most widely used in vitro assay for phototoxicity is the 3T3 Neutral Red Uptake Phototoxicity Test for which an Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development OECD guideline is available. This is currently considered the most appropriate in vitro screen for soluble compounds. Although the formal European Center for the Validation of Alternative Methods, ECFAM, validation exercise conducted on this assay indicated a sensitivity of 93% and a specificity of 84%, experience within the pharmaceutical industry suggests a much lower specificity. The original OECD protocol was not validated for pharmaceuticals specifically. Thus, some modifications to the original OECD protocol have been proposed to address the low specificity observed with drug substances. These proposed changes are appropriate for the testing of pharmaceuticals. The sensitivity of the 323 neutral red uptake phototoxicity test is high. If a compound is negative in this assay, it would have a very low probability of being phototoxic in humans. However, a positive result in the 323 neutral red uptake phototoxicity test should not be regarded as indicative of a likely clinical phototoxic risk, but rather a flag for follow-up assessment. The BLBC 323 cell line is sensitive to UVB, and the initially recommended irradiation conditions involve the use of filters to attenuate wavelengths below 320 nanometers. However, depending on the light source and the filters used, the ratio of UVB to UVA can be adjusted such that it is possible to assess UVB-induced phototoxicity in this test. UVB-induced phototoxicity is rarely a problem for pharmaceuticals with systemic exposure, since UVB minimally penetrates beyond the epidermis. However, UVB-induced phototoxicity is more relevant for topical products. For components of topically applied products that absorb predominantly in the UVB range and where in vitro assessment is desired, the use of the 323 neutral red uptake with modified irradiation conditions can be considered. Alternatively, in vitro skin models which better tolerate UVB can be considered. Reconstructed human skin models with the presence of a stratum corneum permit testing of various types of topically applied material ranging from neat chemicals to final clinical formulations. The assays developed with reconstructed human skin to date measure cell viability with and without irradiation. These assays appear to be capable of detecting known human acute dermal phototoxicants. However, the sensitivity of some assays can be less than that of human skin in vivo, wherein the lowest concentration eliciting a positive response can be higher than that in human skin in vivo. Consequently, it is important to understand the sensitivity of any assay selected, and if appropriate and feasible, to adjust the assay conditions accordingly. For example, testing higher strength formulations, increasing exposure time. There are no in vitro models that specifically assess ocular phototoxicity, regardless of the route of administration. While negative results in the 323 neutral red uptake or a reconstructed human skin assay might suggest a low risk, the predictive value of these assays for ocular phototoxicity is unknown. Photo safety tests using in vivo assays and systemic administration. Phototoxicity testing for systemically administered compounds has been conducted in a variety of species, including guinea pig, mouse, and rat. No standardized study design has been established, and thus the following factors might be considered as best practices. 
for species selection, irradiation sensitivity, that is minimal erythema dose, heat tolerance, and performance of reference substances should be considered. Models of both pigmented and non-pigmented animals are available. Although non-pigmented skin tends to be more sensitive than pigmented skin for detecting phototoxicity, pigmented skin should be considered for APIs that bind significantly to melanin if appropriate exposures and target tissues cannot be ensured otherwise. If an in vivo phototoxicity study is conducted, it is desirable to have some information about the pharmacokinetic profile of the compound before designing the study. This is to ensure that irradiation of the animals is conducted at the appropriate time max and to assist in the selection of an appropriate study duration in relation to the intended clinical exposure. Relevant pharmacokinetic data, if not available already, should be collected as part of the in vivo phototoxicity study. Although phototoxicity is generally an acute reaction, the duration of an in vivo assay should be carefully considered. Accumulation of the compound in relevant light-exposed tissues after repeated administration might lead to an increased phototoxic response. Similarly, repeated irradiation after each dose might also lead to an increased phototoxic response due to the accumulation of damage. Generally, studies of a single day or up to a few days duration of dosing are appropriate, using the clinical route of administration if feasible. Single or repeated daily irradiations after dosing around time max can be used. Dose selection for in vivo non-clinical phototoxicity testing of systemic drugs should support a meaningful human risk assessment. For such studies, a maximum dose level that complies with the recommendations for general toxicity studies and ICH guidelines is considered appropriate. If a negative result is obtained at the maximum dose, testing of lower doses is usually not warranted. However, if a positive result is anticipated, additional dose groups can support a no adverse effect level based risk assessment typically considering concentration max comparisons. Vehicle and non-irradiated controls can help identify compound-related phototoxicity and distinguish irradiation-induced from non-irradiation-induced adverse reactions. If the maximum systemic exposure achieved in animals is lower than clinical exposure, the reliability of a negative result in predicting human risk is questionable. The most sensitive early signs of compound-induced phototoxicity are usually erythema followed by edema at a normally sub-erythromogenic irradiation dose. The type of response might vary with the compound. Any identified phototoxicity reaction should be evaluated regarding dose and time dependency, and if possible, a no-observed adverse effect level should be established. The hazard identification might be further supported by additional endpoints, for example, early inflammatory markers in skin or lymph node reactions indicative of acute irritation. If a phototoxicity study is conducted in animals for a systemic drug that absorbs light above 400 nanometers, phototoxicity of the retina should be assessed using a detailed histopathological evaluation. For compounds that only absorb light below 400 nanometers, retinal assessment is usually not warranted because such wavelengths do not reach the retina of the adult human eye due to the limited penetration of the cornea lens and vitreous body. Adequate performance of in vivo phototoxicity assays, which are not formally validated, should be demonstrated using suitable reference compounds, including pharmaceuticals, compounds that are phototoxic in humans, and that represent different chemical classes and mechanisms of phototoxicity should be included to establish adequacy of the assays. For retinal phototoxicity, a reference compound with a light absorption profile within the visible light range, that is about 400 nanometers, is recommended. The concurrent use of a positive control compound might not be warranted if an in vivo assay has been formally validated or has reached general acceptance and is established in the testing facility. Testing for photoallergy is not recommended for compounds that are administered systemically. Photoallergy reactions in humans following systemic administrations are rare, and there are no established non-clinical photoallergy assays for systemically administered compounds. Photosafety test using in vivo assays and dermal administration. 
The main recommendations providing for investigating the systemic roots of administration also apply to dermal administration, including those for species selection, study duration, or radiation conditions. For dermal drug products in general, the clinical formulation should be tested. The intended clinical conditions of administration should be used to the extent possible. Radiation in the exposed area should take place at a specified time after application, and the interval between application and irradiation should be justified based on the specific properties of the formulation to be tested. Signs of phototoxicity should be assessed based on relevant endpoints. The sensitivity of the assay should be demonstrated upon appropriate reference compounds. Assessment of systemic drug levels is generally not warranted in dermal phototoxicity studies. For dermal drug products, contact photoallergy has often been associated, assessed in the non-clinical study along with acute phototoxicity, photoirritation. However, no formal validation of such assays has been performed. While the acute photoirritation observed in these studies is considered relevant to humans, the predictivity of these studies for human photoallergy is unknown. For regulatory purposes, such non-clinical photoallergy testing is generally not recommended. Section 4, Clinical Photosafety Assessment. There are various options for collecting human data if warranted, ranging from standard reporting of adverse events in clinical studies to a dedicated clinical photosafety trial. The precise strategy is determined on a case-by-case basis. Section 5, Assessment Strategies. The choice of photosafety assessment strategy is up to the drug developer. ICH guidelines suggest that an initial assessment of the phototoxicity potential based on photochemical properties and pharmacological chemical class be undertaken before outpatient studies. Characterization of the UV visible absorption spectrum is recommended as the initial assessment because it can obviate any further photosafety evaluation. In addition, the distribution of skin and eye can be evaluated to inform further on the human risk and the recommendations for further testing. Then, if appropriate, an experimental evaluation of phototoxicity potential Mitra or in vivo or clinical should be undertaken before exposure of large numbers of subjects. Phase 3. Figure 1 provides an outline of possible phototoxicity assessment strategies. The figure is based on the strategies outlined in this section of the document. The strategies are flexible. Depending on the particular situation, some portions of the assessment are optional and might not be conducted. Figure 1 provides an outline of possible phototoxicity assessment strategies for pharmaceuticals given via systemic and dermal routes. It starts with initial assessment of the chemical in methanol at 290 to 700 nanometers. If the molar extinction coefficient is less than 1,000, then it leads to no further phototoxicity testing or light protective measures in clinical trials needed. If the molar extinction coefficient is greater than 1,000, then that could lead to an optional chemical photoreactivity assay. If that is negative, then it also leads to no further phototoxicity testing or light protective measures in clinical trials needed. Otherwise, it leads to experimental evaluation of phototoxicity options for collecting additional data in biological systems. The four options of in vitro phototoxicity test or distribution to light exposed tissues or in vivo preclinical testing test, toxicity test, or clinical evaluation can all lead to negative results, but clinical is greater than preclinical, which is greater than in vitro, with respect to leading to no further phototoxicity testing or light protective measures in clinical trials needed. Otherwise, it leads to determining adequate risk minimization measures to prevent adverse events in humans. Recommendations for pharmaceuticals given via systemic routes. Assessment of phototoxicity potential. If the substance does not have a molar extinction coefficient greater than 1,000, between 290 and 700 nanometers, no phototoxicity testing is recommended and no direct phototoxicity is anticipated in humans. However, it should be noted that phototoxicity by indirect mechanisms, for example, pseudoporphyria or porphyria, although rare, could still occur. 
for compounds with MEC values of 1,000 or higher. If the drug developer chooses to conduct a test for photoreactivity, a negative result could support the decision that no further photosafety assessment is warranted. Otherwise, non-clinical and or clinical photosafety assessment of the substance should be conducted. Available data on the phototoxicity of chemical class-related compounds should be evaluated as this can inform on the approach to be taken. Experimental evaluation of phototoxicity. In order to reduce the use of animals in accordance with the 3R principles, a validated in vitro method should generally be considered before conducting animal testing. If the drug developer chooses an in vitro approach, the 323 neutral red uptake phototoxicity test is currently the most widely used assay and in many cases could be considered as an initial test for phototoxicity. The high sensitivity of the 323 neutral red uptake phototoxicity test results in good negative productivity and negative results are generally accepted as sufficient evidence that a substance is not phototoxic. In such cases, no further testing is recommended and no direct phototoxicity is anticipated in humans. In some situations, such as poorly soluble compounds, an initial assessment of phototoxicity in an in vitro assay might not be appropriate. In this case, an assessment in animals or in humans could be considered. Alternatively, if drug distribution data are available, they could, on a case-by-case basis, support a decision that no further photosafety assessment is warranted. If an in vitro phototoxicity assay gives a positive result, a phototoxicity study in animals could be conducted to assess whether the potential phototoxicity indicated in in vitro correlates with a response in vivo. Alternatively, drug distribution data could, on a case-by-case basis, support a position that the risk of phototoxicity in vivo is very low and that no further photosafety evaluation is warranted. As another option, the photosafety risk could be assessed in the clinical setting or managed by the use of light protective measures. A negative result in an appropriately conducted phototoxicity study, either in animals or humans, supersedes a positive in vitro result. In such cases, no further testing is recommended, and no direct phototoxicity is anticipated in humans. A positive result in an in vivo animal study can, in certain circumstances, be mitigated using a no adverse effect level based risk assessment, typically considering concentration max comparisons. Otherwise, a clinical assessment is warranted. In all cases, a robust clinical phototoxicity assessment indicating no concern supersedes any positive non-clinical results. A positive result in an in vitro phototoxicity test would not be negated by a negative result in a subsequently conducted chemical photoreactivity assay, for example, a reactive oxygen species assay. In cases where an animal or clinically phototoxicity study has already been conducted, there is no reason to subsequently conduct either a chemical photoreactivity or an in vitro phototoxicity assay. Recommendations for pharmaceuticals given via dermal roots. Assessment of phototoxicity potential. If the active substance and excipients do not have molar extinction coefficient values greater than 1,000 between 290 and 700 nanometers, no further photosafety testing is recommended and no phototoxicity is anticipated in humans. For compounds with molar extinction values of 1,000 or higher, negative photoreactivity test results, for example, a reactive oxygen species assay, can support the decision that no further photosafety assessment is warranted, with exception. If further assessment is warranted, available data on the phototoxicity of chemical class-related compounds should be evaluated, and this can inform on the approach to be taken. Tissue distribution is not a consideration for the phototoxicity of dermal products. Dermal products are administered directly to the skin, and hence, unless they are applied to areas not usually exposed to light, are assumed to be present in light-exposed tissues. 
Experimental Evaluation Phototoxicity and Photoallergy. The 323 Neutral Red Uptake Phototoxicity Test can be used to assess individually the phototoxicity potential of the API and any new excipients, provided that the appropriate testing conditions can be achieved. For example, test concentrations not limited by pore solubility, relevant UVB dose can be applied. In cases where no phototoxic component has been identified in vitro, the overall phototoxicity potential of the clinical formulation can be regarded as low. Some properties of the clinical formulation that could influence potential phototoxic response, for example, penetration into skin, intracellular uptake, cannot be evaluated using the 323 neutral red uptake phototoxicity test alone. Therefore, confirmation of the overall negative result in an evaluation using clinical formulation and or monitoring during clinical trials can still be warranted. Reconstructed human skin models can be used to assess the phototoxicity potential of clinical formulations. Under adequate test conditions, a negative result in reconstructed human skin assays indicate that the direct phototoxicity potential of the formulation can be regarded as low. In this case, generally no further phototoxicity testing is recommended, except in the U.S., which has an exemption. If an appropriate in vitro assay is not available, the initial test could be an in vivo phototoxicity test on the clinical formulation. A negative result in an appropriately conducted in vivo animal phototoxicity study would be sufficient evidence that the formulation is not directly phototoxic and no further phototoxicity testing is recommended, except for a dermal product exception. Alternatively, the phototoxicity potential can be assessed in the clinical setting. For dermal products where the API or any new excipient has an MEC value greater than 1,000 at any wavelength between 290 and 700 nanometer, a photoallergy assessment is generally warranted in addition to phototoxicity testing. As the predictive of non predictivity of non-clinical photoallergy tests is currently unknown, this would be a clinical assessment using the to-be-marketed formulation and conducted during phase three. Photo safety evaluation of the clinical formulation delivered via dermal patches can follow the above prescribed principles for clinical dermal formulations. For transdermal patches, the principles for both dermal and systemic drugs should be applied. In addition, the intended clinical use, for example, skin area recommended for use, duration of the application, and the properties of the patch matrix, such as being opaque to UV and visible light, should be considered for the overall risk assessment.